So I want you to picture this. The year was 2010. Kesha was the number one performing song on the radio. A house costs as much as a large McDonald's fry does nowadays. And I was a nervous freshman at Moorhead State University, actually this very campus that I'm on right now. And we were visited by a local crew staff at the time. There was no crew staff on my campus. They would travel about an hour's drive to see us. In this case, there was a man named Mikey Taylor came in from Marshall. And he was a friend of mine. We had he'd connected with me several times. And this time was a little bit different. Instead of meeting with just me, he asked, hey, do you want to go share your faith with those people in the corner? Now, I'm pretty good at feigning confidence and like pretending that, yeah, it's no big deal. Let's get after it. And I was like, yeah, definitely. Let's go do that. But really, I was freaking out. What is going to happen right now? What conversation are we going to have that's going to be a spiritual conversation, let alone get to the gospel? And that was the first time of my young life that I've actually seen someone walk up to someone, have a genuinely good conversation that was not a weird conversation, and share the gospel. And that it was really cool watching Mikey ask great questions, letting the conversation go wherever it needed to go, and then watching Mikey corral these college students to a point to ask if they wanted to trust Jesus as their Savior and Lord. It was wild, and that transformed my life so much that fast forward nearly 10 years, and now that's my job. My job is to help college students learn to walk with Jesus. There's a quote from Bill Bright, and I I love this quote here. Let me find it. Bill Bright says, Evangelism is not a professional job for a few trained men, but it is instead an unrelenting responsibility of every person who belongs to the company of Jesus. And I think that's totally accurate when it comes to the people who are not in ministry. Every believer needs to know how to share their faith. So the biggest, trans, one of the most transformative baby steps that I was taught to get into spiritual conversation were these three basic questions. And we're going to get to those in just a second. But before we do that, let's kind of take a 10,000-foot view of another evangelism conversation that actually happened in the power of the Spirit through Philip. Um, And Philip was having a great time. This is after Jesus resurrected from the dead and after he ascended into heaven. He was seeing awesome things happen in the city of Jerusalem. And there was revival breaking out. And then the Holy Spirit came upon Philip and said, hey, actually, I want you to go south. You know, all these cool things are happening. There's all these people over here. I want you to go south down this dusty road toward Africa. So as he's walking down this way, he sees a, a man sitting on a chariot. And when he's on the chariot, he sees that he's actually reading from the prophet Isaiah. He's got this big scroll, and he's reading it on his chariot. And Philip starts this conversation with one question. He says, do you understand what you're reading? And that one question, that it, it was not combative, it didn't put the guard up of the, this Ethiopian guy, it just led into conversation. And the person responds, and he says, how, do I, how can I understand any of this if no one explains it? And then Philip had an open window to share the gospel with this man. As we know, this man trusted Jesus that day. He looks at a body of water, and he's like, what is stopping me from being baptized, baptized right now? And he gets saved. He goes to Africa. And actually, through church history, we know that he had an incredible ministry. And it all starts with that question. I think there's tremendous power in 
questions. And that's why when I was trained to actually get in spiritual conversations, not just with college students, but it could be a neighbor, it could be someone at the grocery store, it was these three questions that allow us to listen incredibly well. Before I share these questions, I, I want to have a mindset premise when it comes to sharing your faith. We have to trust that every single person we come in contact with is actually on a spiritual journey. And that spiritual journey has led them to have a conversation with you. And that doesn't mean that when you share the gospel, they're just going to like come to faith in Jesus right away. It could be planting a seed. It could be that they just need to like be acquainted with a biblical worldview. It could just be that they need a great conversation. They need to like process some spiritual things. We don't know what role we have to play here. And that's why this definition of successful evangelism is so important. And I think I shared this in a previous episode because really, as many th- things that I try and quote-unquote fail at, um, I really need this definition for my sanity. The definition of successful evangelism is taking initiative in the power of the Spirit and leaving the results to God because we cannot force someone to trust Jesus. We can just share His truth. So the first question here is, what is your spiritual background? Now, you're not just going to walk up to someone and say, hey, I just want to ask you, what's your spiritual background? But you can have a general conversation. You're talking to your neighbor about raking leaves. You're talking to the person at the grocery store that stops you in the aisle. And as you're conversing, you'd be like, now remind me, what is your spiritual background? Where do you come from on that sort of stuff? And I love that question. I love the question because of its utility. It can be asked anywhere, any place, any time. And even though it's not completely normal to ask someone's spiritual background, it's not combative. You're not like, it's not a question like, like, hey, what do you believe about God? What do you believe about eternal things? Because then it's like people are automatically like the shields go up. But when you ask, what is your spiritual background? You're simply asking, what has been historically true of your spiritual life? And that's, you know, that's not up for a debate. You're asking to get to know them better. So when they share about their spiritual background, it, I think a follow-up question, if you feel comfortable enough to ask this question, because you do want to like kind of get into what they believe is maybe to ask, like, oh, so is that still true of your spiritual life today? So if I ask a question, uh, so what's your spiritual background? A common answer might be, oh, yeah, I, I grew up in a Baptist church, and then they're going to give me a denomination. Or or maybe, like, what's your spiritual background? Oh, well, you know, my parents are Bible-thumper Christians. And, you know, so a, as I'm hearing their response, I'm actually kind of learning more about this person. So in that second example, oh, my parents were Bible-thumper Christians that just made sure I was in church every Sunday. Well, I'm hearing someone that may not be walking with Jesus now. So I might, you know, be like, oh, so what was that like? Are you, do you still believe that now? And they're like, oh, no, of course not. Like, you know, this thing happened in my life and this made me realize this is junk and this is bogus. And then I'm just learning. I'm not taking offense to anything that they're saying. I'm just kind of taking it all in. But I feel like that follow up question of like, where are you at now sounds a lot better after you ask about the spiritual background. You're kind of easing in to learn the most you can about that person. Um, so uh, the next question here is, and is kind of, let me think how to say this. I, I kind of like premising this question like, hey, this is kind of a weird question, but you know, if, if you were to die, what's the percent chance that you go to heaven? And you know, even as, you know, wherever you are right now, whether you're driving down the road, you're watching this on YouTube, um, that, you may be thinking, Patrick, do you really ask people that question? That is such a weird question. But I, I promise, listen to this, no one thinks it's weird. 
if you premise it with, hey, I know this isn't a normal question that you get asked, people are cool with it. People, I think, actually genuinely want to talk about important things, but they have no clue how to do that. They don't have an outlet to do that. And we have the opportunity as believers to give someone an outlet to process these important things. So you ask the person, okay, this might be kind of a weird question, but if you were to die, what's the percent chance you go to heaven? Now, like clockwork, you ask that question, and they're going to like maybe take a step back. You're going to see their gears turning a little bit, and then you can follow up like this and just kind of laugh, chuckle, and say, like, yeah, you don't get asked that question very often, and just just revel in the fact that this is not a normal conversation. And people usually appreciate that, and then they get a hard answer. Now, this is going to come into play later when we get to the gospel, but you actually want a hard number on this. If they say, oh, I don't know, don't just go to the next question. Say, like, well, if you had to put your finger on it, what would you say? And, you know, people don't really want to say 100. Even someone who's genuinely walking with Jesus, if they don't know the context of this question, may have trouble saying 100%. So when we role play a little bit, like imagine someone says, oh, well, I'm 60%. A genuine follow-up is, yeah, so what makes you say 60%? How did you come to that number? And... They're going to say like, um, well, it depends on the person, but uh, a lot of people are probably going to say some semblance of, I try to be a good person. I try to help the old lady across the street. I try to give to the poor. Um, I'm not like those other people. I've never murdered anybody. That's a that's a thing I hear often. I've never murder, murdered anybody as if that's the, the bar. If like anything above that, like you can actually go to heaven. But you're going to hear them process their spiritual life. And that's important because... They might have never done that. This is the first time they're articulating that in a lot of cases. Um, so you just be a good listener. Take it in. If they say something that's completely off the wall, this is not the time to correct them. This is not the time to to just go ahead into the gospel. Don't see this as an opportunity. Oh, I'm just going to go ahead and share the gospel. If they say in this moment, Jesus is not God, which we know is not true, if he's, they say, Jesus is not God. This is not the time for you to correct them. Maybe just ask a clarifying question of like, oh yeah, like how do you, where do you get that information? And just learn. This is what that's about. And this finally sets us up for the third question. And this is the question where the rubber is starting to hit the road right here. You say, okay, I got another weird question for you. If you were to die and you go up and God says, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? People usually laugh at that question. They laugh because it's so off the wall because like in our materialist world, like nobody's talking about these things. I can't express that enough, but people want to. They have a desire to share this. So what you're going to hear them say a lot of times, 90% of the times I ask this question, it's something works-based. It's something like, oh, well, I try to be a good person. I just shared that with the, in the other question. You're, but when you put it in the context of, speaking to God, it kind of becomes more real that they're kind of stacking up the things that are important to them that they feel like make them a good person. Um, be mindful if, you sh- if you're talking to someone who has the outward appearance of a believer. Sometimes there's a works-based gospel that's not really a gospel at all, but it's like um, they might say something to the effect of I have been baptized, or I go to church, or this one's an even more on the line. It's like, I have faith. Faith is what saves us. We're going to talk about that in a second. But when we put ourselves in the middle of that, like, I have faith, it almost feels like 
yeah, kind of gross because like the eye is in the middle instead of Jesus is in the middle. So we're going to talk a little bit more about distinguishing that, but don't get too caught in the weeds in that because 99% of the people are not going to say that. They're going to give you a very standard answer of like, you know, why they think they would go to heaven. So this is the perfect opportunity for you to segue to the gospel. You segue to the gospel by a simple question. And the question, and you, you, well, first off, before you ask the question, thank them for sharing with you. So you might say something like this. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. It sounds like you may be a little unsure about stuff. Would you mind if I share some of how I would answer those questions? So it, it, it is thankful. It also admits kind of based on what they've said, they're unsure about this nature of spiritual reality and also politely offers, can I share how I would answer some of these questions? And when you know, when I ask the student that question, when I'm sitting across the table from a student, I would say, I let me think about this for a second. No one in my ministry has ever said no to that question. If you truly listen to someone and that you feel like they they feel like you care for them, they're not going to say no to that question. It's a common courtesy that they've poured their heart out to you. Now you can share what's important to you. And I'm going to do a whole deep dive of the gospel in a future episode, like like what you would actually want to share with someone. But the kind of 10,000-foot view of the gospel is um, the way that, that we're trained in the college context is like going through this little track, the Knowing God Personally booklet, the four spiritual laws. Um, honestly, like if the, I don't need the track. Like if the track is helpful for the person I'm sharing with, I can draw it on a napkin. I can uh, just verbally say it but um yeah we're going to walk through this uh later but the premise of it the four laws is one god loves you and he wants a relationship with you and he has a wonderful plan for your life but you're sinful and separated from god so you cannot know him personally or experience his love and plan the third is jesus is god's only provision for your sin through him alone you can know god personally and experience his love and plan. But finally, the fourth one, you must make an individual decision to trust Jesus and put him on the throne of your life. So, you know, that's what we know is true. That that is the message that we want to share want to share with that person. But how do we like get there in a winsome way? Well it hinges the way I train my students to share the gospel on Ephesians two, eight and nine. And uh, that's uh, on point of this little booklet and we're going to share you know on a future episode like i said we'll do a deeper dive but for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not of yourselves it's a gift from god not by works so that no one can boast i, w- I want to read that with the person and this is after sharing you know who jesus is this is after sharing their condition this is after sharing that god wants a relationship with them and i'm going to underline the word grace and i'm going to underline the word faith and grace is is an undeserved gift and we grace is the opportunity to trust jesus so if grace is the opportunity to trust jesus how do we actually take hold of the gift that he gives us well we do that by faith and i want to define what faith is faith is a transfer of trust just like i'm sitting in a chair right now i saw the chair i believe that it was a chair i was still standing up when i believed it was a chair but it actually took me swinging my legs around letting the weight off my legs to trust the chair so this is this is the money maker this is if you take one part of this podcast to apply to your personal ministry let this be it go back to the beginning of the conversation you've asked questions 
You've asked three specific questions. You know about the person you're sharing with. You know them better than a lot of their friends may know them from a spiritual level. You shared the gospel with them. You shared the importance of Jesus. And now you want to like take their life and hold it up to the gospel and see kind of does it match? Is it on the right foundation? And you have the opportunity to do that very specifically. So I'm going to role play a little bit. Okay, I just read that verse, and I'll say, Johnny, you know, I asked you a few questions before here. I, I said, if you were to die, what's the percent chance you go to heaven? And you said 60%, and thanks for sharing that. I, I'm actually 100% sure that if I were to die, I would go to heaven. And listen, it's not because I'm some super Christian. It's not just because I'm helping little old lady across the street and doing everything right. It's purely based on I have faith that Jesus is a good enough chair, a good enough Savior for me. So if I were to die and God said, why should I let you into heaven, what would I say? I would say because I trust Jesus. I trust that Jesus paid the penalty for my sin. And and really, I don't think there's anything stopping me from going to heaven after I had been forgiven. Now, one thing you said, Johnny, um, you said you were 60% sure. You're a little uncertain. And when I ask you, what would you say? You said you started mentioning that you go to youth group. You went to youth group every every Wednesday night, and um, how you like w- raise like a whole bunch of money in your fraternity, and that's great. But that's actually what we would consider works. So, you know, it's good that you're doing those things, but that's not the foundation of your walk with Jesus. So, I would actually say, and, and I don't know this, I don't know you personally, but it's do you have that relationship? With Jesus. And okay, back to reality here. If you have a real conversation about where that person is with Jesus, then that's never weird. I, I, I find myself when I'm having a conversation with a student, when I'm having a conversation with someone out in the community, this is the time to be real. And when you ask good questions and you put it in the context of Ephesians 2 8 and 9, you're able to have a very specific conversation about that person. Because maybe a couple things are true. Maybe they really are a believer that just didn't fully know how to articulate the gospel. Maybe they thought they were a believer, but they've never trusted in Jesus. Maybe they knew full well that they put their faith in in their works, but they know now that they can't do it. Because here's another thing I like to say too. So, Johnny, you said that these are the things that you would say to God if he said, why shall I let you into heaven? So actually what you're doing is you're putting your faith in those things. This is the most important way that you can actually get into heaven. And I say that I don't have those. I say even the good things I do are like filthy rags to God and only Jesus's perfection will get me into heaven and I can trust him. So anyway, those three questions I think are incredibly important in evangelism conversations. Let's recap them real quick. What is your spiritual background? That's an easy one. And and I, a little bit of homework as you share with someone as you're talking to someone see if you can work that in the conversation maybe you don't get all the way to the gospel but maybe you can just learn a little bit more about that person what's your spiritual background the second one if you were to die what's the percent chance that you go to heaven and the third one if you were to die and god said why should i let you into heaven what would you say so a little homework try to work work your way into a conversation like that actually even before that we can there's some homework before that pray right now, Lord, guide me to the person that I can have a spiritual conversation with. Because I think 
that when we pray according to God's will, that he's actually going to line those things up. And he wants us to share faith. He wants us to grow in sharing our faith. He cares about us as believers being the salt and the light of the earth. And as we step out in faith, he's going to put people in our path to actually share with. So take some time to pray that for that. And if you want to take some time to pray for me, that exactly what I shared with you is what I share with students. And, you know, it's, it's currently July, and students are going to get back to campus in August, and I'm already thinking about how I can share this with my core group of 15 or 20 students so that when we have a freshman class coming in that's 3,000 students, that we can really go out and share the gospel with these students. So I'll pray for you, you pray for me, and I'll close this out with prayer right now. God, thank you so much for just the opportunity to train people on how to talk about you. And I pray that the people listening what's in there on the radio, on YouTube, wherever they're finding this episode, that you can fill them with your spirit and put people in their path that they can share with. I pray for the students in um, our movement that we're going to be training up to send out onto the campus. I pray that they're actually walking with Jesus right now. I pray that you fill them with their spirit. Fill me with your spirit and allow cool things to happen this semester. In your name we pray. Amen. Guys, thank you so much today for joining me on the Pray for Campus podcast. Connect with me. Actually, I, w- I would love to be able to connect with you on Instagram at Pray for Campus or on Facebook. We just started a Facebook group called Pray for Campus. And uh, yeah, on my website, patrickking.com, that's a great place to connect with me there. Just give me some feedback. If you're listening to the episode, this is still early days. This is episode four, episode four of the Pray for Campus podcast. So I want some feedback on kind of how this is going and, and yeah, just converse with me. I need all the help I can get. So, guys, until next week, see you all later.